welcome to the Oyster Stew podcast. I'm Libby Hall, Director of Communications for Oyster Consulting. We often look at how firms are reacting to and managing the rapid changes in the financial services industry. Reviewing the profitability of your firm is one process that can help you get and stay ahead of your competitors. In today's podcast, Oyster Consulting's experts discuss things to consider when optimizing your P&L, including best practices, risks around making those changes, and how you can mitigate them. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. I'm Jim Roth and part of the strategic planning and execution team at Oyster Consultant and happy to be joined by my three partners in Jay Donlin, Pete McAteer and Jeff Wilk. You can learn more about Jeff, Pete and Jay's experiences by reviewing our website at OysterLLC.com. Often we take a step back to reflect on what's most influencing the financial services industry. Clearly, the pace of these industry changes can be alarming. And in our view, these changes will only accelerate. But once you review your systems, your processes, your talent pool, and your strategic relationships, how often do you review the profitability of your firm and how you manage your expenses? So gentlemen, let's dig in, starting with Jeff Wilk. Jeff, what are the key areas that every firm should consider when looking to optimize the P&L? Jim, thanks. That's a great question. And it's a pretty simple place to start. If, if you basically take a look at it from a perspective of taking a pause, take a pause, take a look, do an inventory, if you will, and, and perhaps start with your vendor list. Take an inventory of the different vendors that you utilize across the organization, and there may be some surprises there. On average, when you look at a firm's tech stack as one example, there are traditionally 16 or more individual vendors lined up in that tech stack each one of them with different uses, different levels of functionality, but all of them contributing to the expense part of, of your ledger. So it's important to take a look, see what's involved, see what is, is being utilized today. Do you still need it? Do you, did you collect some things over time? But then start a, a deep analysis, a deep review of each of those vendors in your, in, in your inventory and see if they're really needed going forward or if there's some ways to uh, consolidate. Yeah, Jeff, uh, let me jump in here. It's Jay. The one thing that people uh, tend to do and we've seen in organizations is they continue to grow a firm and they don't continue to go back and look at processes, look at how they're structured strategically to meet their their goals and objectives. So you continue to bolt on processes, you continue to bolt on staff, different vendors, that sort of thing. And over time, these things, it becomes unwielding and doesn't really have a rationalization that occurs. So it's it's something that also you need to kind of address as well, not only looking at tech, but also your processes internally. Pete, any thoughts? I think just complement what both Jay and Jeff said. There are plenty of opportunities to look at streamlining, make things more efficient, look for redundancies. But there's also an opportunity sometimes to look at the organizational structure and take a deeper dive into whether or not some specific expertise or talent or functions within the organization could be outsourced. And we see this a lot with smaller firms that where it really benefits them to outsource certain functionality, certain functions that may warrant a much higher paying salary 
that a firm of a small stature, small size may not need all that horsepower on their bench. So just, just something to think about. There's an opportunity there to look at optimization. Is it the most efficient? And is all of this, all the organizational alignment, is it aligned to your strategy? And have you refreshed your strategy is another good question to be asking your leadership team to ensure that the decisions that are being made are coupled with and supportive of the overall firm strategy. So Jay, how did the state of expenses get this way? Yeah, Jim, I think we touched on a little bit in the, the previous section. What happens is, and what we have found, is firms have a tendency to kind of chase shiny objects. And what they'll do is they will decide, hey, you know, I need this product or I need this tech stack, you know, this piece of technology. I need this office space. You know, they, they try to please everybody and they don't really utilize a strategy when making those decisions. So over time, these things accumulate, these contracts accumulate, and it may only be a, a limited number of people within the organization utilizing the various uh, systems or, or vendors or products. And so you really need to take a look and see, is that really profitable to my firm? Am I getting the bang for the buck on what I'm spending or what I'm offering out? Do I just need to focus on what I'm good at, what, what my specialty is versus kind of chasing all these shiny objects? So uh, an inventory of those type of things, it's, it's almost like cleaning the attic. You want to clean out all the things that you really don't really need anymore. It's not really benefiting your firm. So you really should take a look periodically. It doesn't have to be all the time, but periodically just to see if you've kind of grabbed some baggage and are dragging it along with you that you really don't need. Pete, what are some of the cost reduction strategies you've noticed with some of your clients? Well, recently with clients, Everybody's looking at the expense line items and, and the revenue line items for that matter. It's changing. The, the landscape is changing. Economics change. And there's an opportunity to look at both sides of the ledger. Optimizing that operating model, aligning with the strategy to achieve that future state, defining what the future state is. Who do you want to be when you grow up? Where do you want to be in five to ten years? What is that landscape telling you? What are the ch changes that are happening in the regulatory environment, in the in the economy? In, in your practice, how are you aligned to achieving the vast majority of your clients, the core of your clients' needs? Going through product rationalization, are, do you have the right products? Are, are, you, are you allowing too many products on the shelf, and is that causing a lot of overhead and a lot of supervisory risk, for that matter? With the advent of, well, the, some of the things, the positives that came out of, uh, out of pandemic was everybody knows how to use uh, video conferencing now. The idea of virtual relationships with your clients are, are super, super easy to do and almost expected. The client engagement model has changed. And I guess as a, as a positive that came out of the pandemic is everyone is very comfortable with virtual meetings and, and video conference calls. So that in itself could help reduce a lot of the expenses around managing the practice and managing client engagement. The overhead, as Jay alluded to earlier, things like real estate, business operational expenses, service vendors, marketing and advertising, and overall tech support, or just just a couple of line items uh, that you might see in your in your ledger that you could take a look at. And then again, just just taking stock, optimizing, ensuring that you don't have legacy decisions that you're still paying for. We've seen this with clients 
when we look at their 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 vendor assessment and look at their vendor list and their contracts where they've got contracts that people aren't even leveraging. They haven't been used in a while. They're, they gathered dust. So those are the easy low hanging fruit. But there are some things that are near and dear to certain folks hearts. And I think you all know what I'm talking about when it comes to research providers or certain certain data feeds that are super important or a specific uh, financial planning module or tool that an advisor has, has grown accustomed to and has used their entire career. But does it make sense to have an enterprise uh, relationship or a contract for one specific advisor that's maybe not being utilized as much as it could be? So those are just some thoughts. Jeff, can you share some of the risks associated with cost reductions? Sure, and I think, Jim, when you take a look at reductions in general, probably one of the first things you have to think about is what's the type of disruption you may be causing if you just go to eliminate something, right? If it's if it's a, a little used item that's on in your inventory, whether it's a product like Pete was just referencing, or if it's a, a technology vendor that's that that's little used across the organization, somebody by by chance is still utilizing it. So you got to be aware and take a look at what that disruption may be by a, a truncation, if you will, or termination of a relationship, whether it be a product or, or something along those lines. And it, there may be some surprises there. There, there may be some very important usage of those uh, individual items for a much larger client. So it's not necessarily a volume thing, but it's more of a relationship uh, importance uh, that you need to take a look at. But one very sensitive, but sometimes very necessary item that needs to be looked at is the overall compensation model. Uh, we've been we've seen many, many benchmarks out there and we've seen where there's there are huge opportunities to streamline and optimize a comp compensation model for entirety of the firm. There are several update uh, legacy agreements that need to be updated, need to be looked at. The service and support ratios uh, for for sales assistance uh, for the advisors and support teams that they warrant based upon their their book of business, whether or not they're independents or, or W2s, and then just the allocations and overall um, spending or expense allocations back to an advisor or to a practice probably should be looked at on a fairly regular basis. Those allocations sometimes snowball as well with these uh, with these expense additions, or they may not be getting adjusted appropriately as as you add on these other contracts uh, with other vendors. So just just something else to think about. Again, super sensitive, but it really is necessary. It does need to be looked at across the firm. So Pete, finally, what can be done to mitigate these risks? I think as you go into one of these uh, evaluations, when you're really looking, getting into the attic to start to clean it out, as Jay alluded to, you really need to get everybody involved. Um, and who are the impacted stakeholders? Making sure that they understand what's going on and that, that we're looking at the PL, P&L as a healthy review of, of how the firm's being run. And then just laying out the plan, laying out the plan and the process to make sure everybody has has some opportunity to chime in and uh, be a part of the decisioning process. And when decisions are made, to ensure that the stakeholders are are well aware of those decisions and have, have been engaged in that decisioning process. It really does help to make sure that everybody's voices are heard. And just you know, overall, just change management. People don't eat what they don't grow. And so in order to manage the change from the ideation when you've come up with this this thought 
and doing the impact assessments and then getting into the implementation and changing, actually monitoring and reinforcing the changes is, is super important as well. Providing status updates on the impacts. So, you know, if they go through all this pain, you've asked a few folks to, to, to take it on the channel a little bit, take it for the team, ensure everybody gets an idea of, of what that impact, how that has impacted the firm as, as stakeholders or perhaps shareholders of the firm. You know, things like we've seen in, in, in our past where you know, coffee being cut out, uh, free coffee, you know, in the coffee room, you had to kind of bring your own sort of thing. Was that really uh, impactful to the bottom line? Probably not, and it probably didn't help morale much either. It made a bunch, a bunch more grumpy people. And then just overall, make sure that you're you're listening and you've got a good overall feedback mechanism. You know, enlist or solicit solicit suggestions from folks on cost reduction ideas. And that's always helpful. And then overall, when you really take a look at this and you and you understand this kind of accumulated that snowball effect over time. Ensure that going forward, once you've cleaned house and and you've got a pretty good grasp on your overall expense line items, you, you've got a good governance model in place for decisioning and approval of any additional contracts going forward. And just ensuring that the right decisions are being made, they're aligned to your strategy, and they're aligned to your future state operating model. Hey Pete, let me let me add on one one additional thought I was having as you were going through those great examples which is about leveraging your current resources. You, you had mentioned contracts that you may not have looked at in a long time, or you may have forgotten about completely. You know, when, when you look at technology itself, you know, there's a statistic that gets often used somewhere between 10 and 15% of the actual technology functions of a particular app gets used. And the rest isn't used for a whole variety of reasons. Same goes true for a lot of vendor resources. So as an organization is looking to cut back on costs, you should not hesitate to tap into, ask questions of your current key vendors who may have additional resources or functionality ready for you that you're that you're already paying for um, that could really help out the organization, but you're just not aware of it because it hasn't been in the mainstream. Squeezing more value out of your vendor relationships. Yep. That's a good tagline for that. Jeff, that's that's very helpful. So gentlemen, any concluding thoughts to share on cost reduction strategies? Jay? Jeff and Pete. Yeah, let me jump in. One thing that people always go to as soon as you talk about cost reduction is staffing. And uh, to Pete's point about morale, while you could look at your organization and see where there might be some staffing um, that could be eliminated, you could outsource certain things to either your custodian, your clearing firm, or other vendors. It is something that you still have to, you're still responsible for maintaining control of your organization. So you want to be thoughtful. And <clears throat> when you're doing that review, regarding your compliance, your supervision, any kind of control points, your accounting, finance groups. A lot of these are dictated by the regulators, certain things that you need to do. So, you know, these are things that you need to be thoughtful when you're looking at your your organizational structure, your staffing levels, that sort of thing. But it also dovetails into morale. If, if uh, you know, your your organization, your staff have low morale because you're in a challenging environment or um, as Pete said, you took away the coffee, um, uh, you know, that that can lead to less productivity. And so you want to make sure that you have uh, the right resources in place, the right structure in place and a good morale, and it will benefit you in the long run. Jim, the only thing I would, I would add in there is that cost reduction is not a once and done, right? So it's something that that you 
organizations should keep an eye towards all the time. I've often alluded to it like keep you know keeping the lint roller handy. Right? Every once in a while, do a pass through the organization, and it's not always going to be the really big things that are staring at you in the face that are going to surprise you that are costing you money. It might be small things that just kind of land there and they don't get noticed and they get ignored. But over time, they add up. So if you do that, kind of take that lint roller through the organization more frequently, you can save some costs along the way before they get out of hand. Very helpful. So we really appreciate your time and consideration during this podcast. Oyster Consulting specializes in improving performance and reviewing your financials, allowing you to focus on your core competencies. To learn more about how we can help your firm, please give us a call at 804 804- 965-5400, or once again, visit our website at oysterllc.com. We hope you're having a great day, and thanks for joining us. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you'd like to learn more about our experts and how Oyster can help your firm, visit our website at oysterllc.com. And if you like what you heard today, follow us on whatever platform you listen to and give us a review. Reviews make it easier for people to find us. Have a great day.